decided to go to mass, and I got some inspiration in mass. So if it's disjointed, it's the Lord's fault. <laughs> I want to start out by reading the readings for today. Um, at least the gospel, if I can find it. Does someone have the gospel for today? I mean, for Sunday. Hold on, we get the gospel for Sunday. Mark 12, 28 through 34. Do you just want to take a moment? I was hoping for a volunteer to help do it. Yeah. All right, so let's get started with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, may the words of your mouth, of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you, Lord, are my rock and my redeemer. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So our gospel this Sunday is from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying he is one and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. So the, the beautiful thing about the readings on Sundays, especially the Gospels, is that they kind of take us through the Bible. This particular gospel reading is kind of plucked from a place that's different from what we read about last week. Last week we read about one of my favorite characters, Bartimaeus. And what did Bartimaeus want? He just wanted to see. And the Lord granted him vision, but the Lord recognized his faith. But this gospel seems to be, it, it, it seems to be just another one of those Gospels along that line. Jesus does something, we learn something, and it's great. But this gospel is really in the middle of his walk towards the crucifixion. Because he's already entered Jerusalem earlier in Mark's gospel uh, to, to the adoring crowds. He's having these confrontations with the Pharisees and the scribes, and things are escalating to the point that He's going to end up on a cross, crucified. So the Pharisees have been asking him a series of questions about this and that and the other. They're trying to get him to say something where they can say, gotcha, and we can have you arrested, and we can take care of you and get you out of our way, because you're really upsetting the apple cart here. 
And this particular scribe comes up and asks Jesus this question. Now, in all my research, one of the things you hear is that this question that the scribe asked him is a very common question. Which one of the commandments is the greatest? And the Jews had been reading or reciting the first part of this every day, three times a day, for years. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall not have any other gods before me. That was their constant prayer, to keep that in mind. There was also another scripture that talks about loving neighbor as yourself. It wasn't a part of their daily prayer, but it wasn't something that was foreign to them. But this scribe says something that made Jesus recognize that he was not coming as an adversary, but as a seeker. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And that is worth more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. So that more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices was a little different twist that this scribe brought to, the, to their dialogue. Now, when I have read this gospel in the past, I always thought Jesus said that's worth more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. I wasn't as attuned to the fact that the scribe said that. And so I can see now why, why Jesus said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And that's the part that really struck me, and that's the part I want to talk to you about um, as well. So one of the things I want to do is I want to start out with three questions that I want you to just keep in mind as we continue our conversation. So the first question is, how do you show your love for God? The second question is, how do you show your love for yourself? And the third question is, how do you show your love for your neighbor? How do you show your love for God? How do you show love for yourself? And how do we show love for our neighbor? Now this scribe is not far from the kingdom of God because he's a follower of the commandments. He's not far from the kingdom of God because he realizes the right relationship between sincere worship and sincere action. You know, it's, it's easy to go to Mass on Sunday. I know it's something that we're required to do, but it's easy to do that out of habit, <coughs> routine. But it's also easy to not do that as well. But I think one of the things that this time of COVID has shown us is that when we couldn't go, we recognized that it wasn't a habit or it wasn't routine, but it was a desire of our heart to be with our Lord. And it was painful to not be there. And so when you think about it, 
what is worth more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices? I think it's that sincere desire to be with the Lord, especially when we can't. It's also important, I think, for us to recognize when we don't want to do it, when it's so tough, but yet we persevere anyway because that's how God loves us. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. God's love is sacrificial. And so our desire to do more than we want to do, our self-sacrifice, is an imitation of that love. And that's worth more than, you know, the perfunctionary checking off of the boxes that following the commandments might require of us. My mother is living with me now. And I am, I am very happy about that. I have wanted her to move to Atlanta for a long time. But my mother and I are two women who are sharing one household. That can be a challenge at times. And one of the things that um, we have very different opinions about is the temperature of the house. <laughs> I'm at that stage where I have my personal summer. <laughs> and she is at that stage where she's in perpetual winter. This morning, it was perfect. It was like low 50s. I had the window open. There was a breeze going through my bedroom. And I was comfy, and I was just about to go back to sleep. And I was thinking, you know, it's cold out there. Yeah, I'll get up and turn on the heat later. And I just couldn't stay in bed. I couldn't. I had to get up because she was cold. If you got a kid, you've probably made those same sorts of sacrifices in your life, wherein you didn't do what was required, but you went beyond that because of that love that you had. So I turned on the heat. We've been doing some furniture rearranging in the house. And I can walk through my house with my eyes closed and it's pitch black. And as I walk by something, I realize that's not in the right place. I'll move it later. No, I don't want to go to Piedmont emergency again. I'll move it now. You know, when we love the Lord our God with our whole hearts and our whole minds and our whole beings, we start to think like him. And we start to do things that don't make sense to us or that we would put off. But we do things because we are conscious of the other. How do we love others? How do we love ourselves? How do we love God? Those are the things that, that, that kind of strike me. There are a couple of books here I wanted to share with you. One is called The Better Part by Father um, John Bartunik. It's a reflection on the mass reading, the gospels of each week. And 
he has something in here that I wanted to share with you. He talked about how the secular culture recognizes love for others. What the seculars do agree about, however, is the importance of loving one's neighbor. Tolerance, diversity, random acts of kindness. These are things we can sink our teeth into, so they say. And yet, is it really possible to make the sustained effort necessary for truly Christian love of neighbor without staying connected to the reason why our neighbor ought to be loved? We can't separate our desire to do good things for other people from our love of God. And that's why those two commandments are so inextricably linked to one another. They can't be separated. That's why we, we, when we struggle, we reach out to the Lord. When we struggle to love one another. You know, I saw this scripture this morning, and it's one of my favorites. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's the definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not root over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. That's the kind of love that he's loving us with. A love that is beyond what we feel or what we want to do. Because I, I don't know about you, I don't want to bear all things. I want to bear the things that are good. But yet it's his love that compels us to do more. I was at the pharmacy a uh, week before last picking up prescriptions. And as I was driving into the parking lot, we've got a handicapped parking packer now because I've got my mom with me. And so that means those front parking spaces are open to me now. <laughs> now, I'm always a little uh, squeamish about parking there when she's not in the car. But I said, well, I had two knee surgeries, so I can carry and get away with a limp if I really needed to fake it. But I, so I, I wasn't going to park there. And then I saw this homeless guy sitting on the ground in front of the, the pharmacy, and I said, oh, and it wasn't because I'm not really handicapped, it's because I wanted to avoid that homeless man. Well, so much for me loving like God does. So I got out of the car and the guy says to me, can you, can you give me a box of chicken? Well, this pharmacy is right across from Popeye's chicken, so that made sense. I, I said, I don't know. And I just ran into the store. I got the prescription. And as I'm waiting to be checked out, I realized that this was not the right attitude. This was not how I was being called to love my neighbor. And so I walk out, and as I walk out, I say to the guy, do you want white meat or dark meat? And he says, 
Darby, two thighs. I said, got it. I said, you want a drink? He goes, fruit punch. I mean, he's like thinking, who is this person? And I said, okay. So I get in line at Popeye's and I call my mom and I said, I guess we're having Popeye's chicken for dinner because I'm in line anyway. And so I, I get him his Popeye's and I get him the, the drink. And I was going to give him money and have him go get his chicken. But, you know, I was being a little self-righteous and I said, I'm going to buy him the chicken. But then I had the change and I just threw it in the bag and I said, you can have the change and, and the chicken and we'll just move on. So I'm feeling good because I've done something great. I've kind of checked off that commandment to take care of somebody some kind of way. And I'm parked at this traffic light, stopped at this traffic light waiting for the light to change so I can turn. And I look back over the man, at the man, and I'm thinking he's just scarfing out his chicken. He's got his head bowed and bless him. And I thought, I could have failed that test. I almost did. And I would have been very justified in doing so. What are the little ways that we love other people beyond the, the, the checklist things, the things we can read about in the Bible or the catechism? Those are the ways that we love, truly love. My mother and I got lost at Emory Hospital. That's not a hard thing to do. And so they sent us on this circuitous route through all these tunnels. We finally get to where we're going. Well, when we get to where we're supposed to be, you have to get screened again because you got on the badge for the other building that says you answered the questions, have you had COVID and all that stuff. As this woman was asking us these questions, she, I take my badge from her and I place it on my, my shirt. She takes my mom's badge and she, as she rubs it on her, she goes, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, am I in a public setting and somebody's blessing you in the name of Jesus? You know, that is a very courageous act for somebody to do in this day and age to speak the name of Jesus and actively pray for somebody in a public setting. She's not afraid to love as God loves. She does that to the wrong person. She could lose her job. But she does it anyway. The way we love God and love neighbor goes beyond we see in the Ten Commandments or in the Catechism. It's those little actions that show that love. How do you show your love for God? How do you show your love for yourself? How do you show your love for your neighbor? One more question. Does the way that you love yourself and the way that you love your neighbor look like the way God loves you? Thank you.
Thank you, Bernadette. That was awesome. <laughs> um, everybody, we are on.